Welcome to Student Transitions, A Time to Thrive. Life is full of change and resulting periods of transition. And some of our big transitions begin as students, as we move through the educational process and then on to the world of work or further education, university and independent living. If we can learn as students how to thrive through transitions, we will have acquired skills that will support us through a lifetime of change and transition. So, if you're facing changes in your life as a student, listen on as we share our insights and suggestions to help you thrive in a world where change is the only constant. Welcome to Successful Students in Transition, a time to thrive. In this podcast, we're going to introduce you to Naomi, a final year student at university. Naomi was born in the UK. Her family then relocated to America when she was 11. She'd always planned to return to study in the UK and has been able to fulfill this wish with only two terms left until her graduation. Then she plans to return to that other home in America. We'll be talking and reflecting on her transition to the UK and her future transitions. We want you to listen out for common experiences of of transition that she articulates very well. That mix of feelings of excitement and nervousness that are in all transitions. Her preparation for the double transition of moving countries and meeting different learning expectations. The surprise of being new in a place you thought you knew. Her skills to adapt through asking for help, problem solving, accepting her challenges and going through it her strong vision about what she wants in life and her willingness to do what she needs to do. She's able to balance her studies with building a productive and fun life. And she's got some great advice about going abroad to study. When listening to Naomi's story, think about what resonates with you and what might help you to thrive in your transition to university. Welcome to Student Transitions, A Time to Thrive. And today we have got the great pleasure of having Naomi, who's a 21-year-old from America, who braved um, coming to the UK to study. And so we're going to talk about her transitions, her kind of double transitions. So the transition uh, both to university and coming to the UK. So welcome, Naomi. Welcome Hi. to. You. Um, so we 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 we've been talking, we've been thinking with other people about what were their experiences and expectations when they're kind of coming to university, and and a little bit about what helped and hindered them in that process. Can you say a little bit about that? Yeah. Um. So I was really excited coming to university. Um. I've been kind of. I think I've been kind of academically prepared for it for a few years, but it was kind of getting to the point where you're kind of socially prepared for it because it is such a big change. I mean, at the end of the day, when you're in school, if you've had a bad day, you can go home and rot your mum about it. But to kind of be in university, being in this new environment, living with total strangers is completely different. And I think I was really kind of, I think I was nervous about kind of transitioning to the UK system 
And I think that's been one of my kind of biggest challenges is that academic transition. But I was also just kind of excited and nervous to be kind of back in England. I'd grown up in Oxford as a kid. And so to kind of be back here was, it was very different than I had remembered it. But at the same time, a lot of things were quite familiar. Yeah. So really nice there, um, Naomi, that you talked about these conflicting conflicting emotions you're excited to be here but nervous at the same time so I mean sometimes that's quite confusing for people can you think about well how can these two things exist but I think often in transitions they do don't they and so you were you said you were academically prepared what helped you did you always think that you would come to the UK so what 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 helped in that preparation um I I think I think it was the sense that I'd always kind of knew I came back when I moved as a child. It was quite a sudden movement. I mean, no 11 year old wants to leave all of their friends and go to a new country where they knew no one. Mm. And so I think in the back of my mind, I always wanted to come back and always knew I was going to come back. I mean, that's part of the reason why I never lost my British accent, because 12 year old me was like, I am coming back. I'm going to need this. Yeah. And so I was really kind of you know prepping in certain ways to do that um I I wasn't entirely prepared in the sense that when it came to filling out the college applications the university applications they're very different Mm. than in the states and suddenly I'm reading books because that's kind of more of a focus rather than extracurriculars but I think uh especially because my degree is very specific it's history and politics of the Americas and so having my American kind of background and taking certain classes in school I had definitely had a one-up on one of some of my peers because I had that background information um but at the same time the the type of essays that you write here are very very different and it was quite difficult to make that transition. Can I ask just because of my interest how are they different Naomi what do you think what's the difference? In American schools you're preparing for these things called the AP exams Mm. and they are very structured it's like my teacher would say this is what you put in first sentence second sentence third sentence and it was very much like that very direct and to the point and so coming here the big difference is it's a lot more kind of scholar based and this could just be at the university versus like a level and what makes it better but instead of using kind of facts as evidence, facts are assumed and your evidence is different scholars and you're critiquing and interacting with them. And especially since my first year was that COVID year, it was quite difficult to kind of understand that that's what I was kind of expected to do because I didn't have that opportunity to talk to my peers and talk to my teachers the same way. Yeah, and gosh, that must've been hard for, for you in that COVID time coming to a place that was new um, new place, new people, new everything, and not being really to kind of mix and talk with people. So hard, Naomi. Oh, it was really hard. I remember I was a hall rep, that's why it's on my little profile at the time, and trying to argue that in our seven, there would be seven people living on a floor, and yet we were only allowed four people at a time in the kitchen, and trying to say, well, if all seven of us are essentially living together using the same spaces, we should be able to sit together in the kitchen. Mm. Um, And yeah, trying, I mean, I was quite fortunate, the people on my floor, I got along with really well, one of them I still talk to regularly today. 
but a lot of people if you didn't really kind of connect with those individuals you didn't have the opportunity to go to a party or go to class even and get to know others mm-hmm. so do you think one of the things that helped you was that kind of drive to be with other people and to make friends then kind of early on oh definitely and i think that's one of the benefits of the fact that i was in halls i was so far from home because i've seen some people who kind of maybe they grew up around london and um, maybe they even live at home at the time of now and they don't really have the same experiences as someone who's been completely kind of isolated. I mean, not truly because we have Wi-Fi and I can still talk to my friend's family back home, but it really kind of pushed me. Like I need to make that those extra efforts because I can't go home at the weekend and just talk to the people I've known for years. Yeah. So really quite out in a limb there you've been. And I guess it's good to have internet so that you could be, you know, Zoom and whatever to be talking with family, but likely, especially in those COVID times, you wouldn't be seeing your family for a long time. So no. No. um, Yeah. Even kind of now I've, I came here in September. I'm not expected to go back till May. Mm. Uh, And like, you're right. It it does make such a difference having things like WhatsApp. I talked to my mum about when she kind of went traveling when she was about my age and she's like, well, I didn't, I didn't talk to anyone for about six months because it was so expensive making international phone calls. Mm. I'm like, I don't think I would have survived <laughs> not being able to talk to people. Well, I, I guess you use whatever is around. Yeah, or... you, you adapt. Um, yeah. But especially, I think, being at university, uh, it's so, there's so much kind of different pressure on you. You know, you're, you're working really hard academically, but you're also trying to succeed socially. You're in all these different societies. You're trying to work towards having a career I mean I've been interning whilst at school and having that kind of support system is so crucial to kind of maintaining your mental health and everything and so yeah I'm just so fortunate that I have been able to kind of reach back and call back home whenever I need something. So so it sounds there that I'm sort of you've been using quite a few strategies to help you be successful and thrive in this new environment like you've got your friendships and and maybe even being far away from your family has propelled you into kind of really kind of settling you know here um but also it looks like you've got an eye on the future and be thinking about what do I want to do so maybe you've kind of worked out the stuff that you want to do in the future and what you need to be able to like maybe some skills or internships or experiences that gonna that's gonna add to sort of your skill set for that future that you've envisioned yeah yeah so good for you um what what are you wanting to do what's the kind of like in your in your um I plan to go to law school after this and then kind of work as a lawyer for um a few years and eventually go into American politics Right. Okay. We shall look forward to seeing you there. <laughs> so there's some lots of good things that that's been helpful to you. What was maybe a surprise that kind of like kind of made you kind of think, oh, what am I going to do about that? Was there anything? Um, I think for me, kind of the biggest thing, and I mean, I was a cocky kind of kid who was just like, well, I'm going to go away. It's somewhere I've already been before. Was really kind of the the transition back to England because mm-hmm. even though. I had lived here before, the things that you're exposed to when you're an 11 year old are completely different to being uh, kind of an 18 year old in the same place. And I mean, like a big thing is kind of I'm, I'm going out to the supermarket and suddenly 
I realized like, oh, staple kind of household goods that I would buy all the time in America just don't exist. Mm. And I think that was kind of, that's been quite a big shock for me or like the differences in prices. Yeah. Uh, I think one of the big things is honey's quite reasonably priced here and it's mm-hmm. really expensive in America, at least where I'm from, versus mm-hmm. maple syrup that's used quite frequently in dishes is really expensive here. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was kind of a big shock. And then also there was a point kind of my first year when I'm walking around down the street with a couple of my friends and they're using a lot of like British slang terms. And there was a whole conversation where I didn't understand what they were saying (laughs) because I just hadn't grown up with that kind of the subtle language differences. Yeah. And isn't that because it's like it's linked back to that phrase that you used earlier about having to adapt. So there's all the kind of shampoo or toiletries or food or something that's just not here. You know, so you have to learn new stuff and a new language, although we're all speaking English. There's a, so there's lots of differences. Um, it sounds like those differences didn't phase you too much, though. So how did you get around? How did you manage with those? I mean, they haven't kind of phased me too much. I think the biggest thing is I've never been kind of shy about asking mm-hmm. A question on something I don't understand and so they, they'd be talking about something and especially with certain terms you want to know what that means so you don't accidentally use it incorrectly yeah. and I'd just be like well what does this mean yeah. um, and a lot of it it's kind of the acceptance of this is this is the situation this is life I need to kind of figure out what what new dishes am I going to make how am I going to kind of settle into this environment mm-hmm. um, I, I think one of the big things that is quite shocking is because I have this accent, people don't automatically think, oh, she's American, which is fair. Um, but it mean, it also means that people won't necessarily kind of pick up on, oh, this is why she's not understanding what's happening. Or And I think that's kind of a big, there's a big kind of transition. And I've seen it to some other friends when they've yeah. come from a country and they, they speak English so perfectly that when you ask for a correction on a word, you're kind of like, oh, why would they not know that? Um, and it's like, oh, it just makes it a little bit harder because you don't have that same sympathy, but yeah. it is what it is. <laughs> it is. And I think you're right. You know, when they when people will hear you, they're not thinking you're American. And if they did hear maybe that American accent, people maybe offer a bit more flexibility around that. Yeah. And I think, you know, you're right now when we asking for help is, you know, it's a huge skill, isn't it? Um you know, in in relation to your friends or family or people at university, you know, the, the lecturers or whatever, asking for help is a really good. And we've got one of our podcasts is just about asking for help because sometimes people see it as a as a weakness rather than a strength. Yeah. Cool. Um, you're right. This is life. It's got ups and downs and you've got to kind of like navigate through. What about... If we're kind of thinking a little bit about the fun, what are the fundamental things that you had to get to grips with? So you already talked a little bit about food and shopping and kind of buying stuff. What else was kind of like? Um, I think a really big thing was that the sense of not being able to go home as frequently as many of your peers. Mm. I mean, I have a, a friend who lives on East Coast America and I'm from the West Coast. So for us to go home is completely different costs. I think it's 
it's close to a thousand dollars for me to go home which is a lot of money so that's why I'm here for so long that's is mm. he he also comes for a bit more money but he, he mm. can go home at Christmas he can go home at Easter his his family can come and see him and I think that sense of not being able to see your family going through those periods where you are just a bit lonely sometimes yeah. because like I'm over here in the Christmas break and everyone has rightly gone home to see their families and you're like well I'm just not gonna be seeing people and I've been quite fortunate because I work at a theatre over the Christmas breaks and the breaks and so I get to see my co-workers every day um, but it's still that sense of you don't have that same support system as other people do have and so I think I think that's the thing I even before I came I would like listen to people who've made similar transitions and I'd be like, well, that's not going to affect me or that's not going to stop me. Mm. And it's, I don't say this to kind of deter anyone from making a similar move, but it's more that when that happens, know that everyone goes through it and it is, you just get through it and you come out the other side and you watch a bunch of Netflix and you don't feel so alone or you call your mum and (laughs) catch up. Um, or, or you do as you did you get yourself a job so you get another kind of <laughs> you get another group of people that you can link up with yeah exactly yeah. and I mean that's, that's the thing that I really kind of advertise to people is kind of have have a job have a work family that you can kind of be around during those periods because your friends are great but they are going to go home yeah um and hope- and if that if, if you're fortunate enough to be able to get a job um because I know visas are really hard mm. Yeah. So a fundamental about kind of making sure you've got a good support system, not just solely within the university, because people are transient. They'll go home at breaks and stuff like that. So be doing other things um, to keep you connected into something. I think having a job is great. If you can do it, it's a great thing. Good for you. Anything else that you think was about? uh, Maybe you mentioned it already as well about just adapting from an American system kind of education system into that kind of British one? Um, it's quite an adaption. I mean, uh, especially there's there's a very different culture in America around kind of the treatment of school and then also kind of having school and then being in a bunch of societies and clubs and other kind of extra um, pieces of work, which I think is something that I've definitely taken on here. I think I'm in like six or seven societies. It's so many. <laughs> Um, and I very much recommend that everyone join at least something um, yeah. because it is it's something fun to do it means you get to meet a bunch of really cool interesting people mm-hmm. um, but it's it's definitely kind of quite different having to balance all of these different things on your plate so if you've come from a really intense work culture when school gets to be quite high remember you <clears> can <throat> just skip that meeting or whatever be flexible um, yeah. yeah be flexible yeah so how did you choose what you were going to do? Did you choose things that you already knew you were good at? Or did you choose things that you had no idea, you know, what's oh. bagpipe playing or something? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, it was kind of a mix. I had done mock trial in high school. So I joined the debate team when mm-hmm. I came here uh, because I just wanted to keep up my public speaking. Mm-hmm. And then my, so that was kind of first year because everything was online and there's not many things you can really do online and then my second year everything opened up a lot more and when I had gone to this Brazilian jiu-jitsu class and I hated it I really did not like it um and I 
kind of came out of that. And as I was leaving, I saw something online about a salsa dancing taster class. And I thought, well, that could be that could be fun. I'd done dancing when I was a kid. So I was like, we'll try something new. Best thing I've ever done. I've been kind of dancing with the Salsa Society for the past two years. I was there last night mm. and the teacher was just really funny. And I was like, well, this is fantastic. Um, and then some of the other ones, it's like the American Society, because I wanted to do something for Thanksgiving and they happened to have posted somewhere they were having an event or the Spanish and Latin American Society to keep up my Spanish. And I think that that's the one thing that I really kind of like doing is just trying a bunch of different things. The, the downside is that is if I enjoy it, I do not quit. And that's why I've been so many things. But I, I mean, even, I think that's one of the best things about being in London, especially there's just so much going on all the time. Yeah. I have a friend who will, once a month will go to a museum and will kind of, be there for like six hours chatting away or I'll kind of see something off TikTok of a really cool place around London to go see and I'll just like wander down there because there's so kind of many different things to do but if you want to break from your studies and just to be someone else for a few moments then you can just go and do that. Yeah sounds to me Naomi you've got a very nice balance of being serious about your studies and be serious about having a good time and meeting people and, and making it a big experience. Yeah. yeah. And I think the biggest thing is that you really want to have a lot of those things your kind of first and second year, because third year is rough. I think that's, uh, it's, it's similar to kind of junior year in high school where everyone says it's going to be bad. And you're like, well, the last two years have been so easy. It can't be that bad. And then you, you come up to it and you're like, oh, I understand now. <laughs> yeah. Um, but having those kind of fundamental things in place means that it's so much easier to handle because you've seen, like, you can decrease how often you see your friends because you have those tight connections by then. Yeah. Um, you can make that kind of active choice to, oh, okay, this day I'm going to go to the museum because I need a break. And you know kind of how to get there instead of having to spend ages trying to figure out how to move around London. And it also means that you can remember the good thing before you go through the heavy exam period and know it's going to be better on the other side and have everything kind of set up that you have fun afterwards. And so there's lots of time to kind of focus on studies as well. Yeah. So universities, it is about studying, but it's about lots of other things too. Oh, definitely. A bit about yourself, isn't it? Yeah. So can we talk a little bit? So there's this move coming up that you're going to go back to America. I don't know if you started thinking about it. Have you, Naomi? Or is it on your agenda? Or you just, you get exams and the end of the year to finish off here? Yeah. I mean, I've thought about it a little bit. It's mostly all those things in the back of your mind. Uh, like I, I would always tell myself that when I kind of moved back to America for good, then I needed to learn how to do an American accent. <laughs> Just because the amount of times I've been kind of at work and someone's like picked up on the British accent and you're like, I'm just trying to sell you a pizza. I don't really <laughs> want to give you my whole life story. Yeah. And my sister can do both. And I'm very envious of that fact. Okay. Um, but even kind of the, the things of, oh, I need to go somewhere and I need to make new friends again and I need to settle into new different clubs and societies and learn how to kind of start from scratch, essentially. Mm -hmm. And 
whilst I know I have all of those fundamental skills and I've been able to practice them multiple times, it's always daunting to have to do anything for the first time and you, you get there and it's okay. But I always say like, I, I always hate first days at a new job at a new internship or anything because you look like a fool. You're, you're rushing around. You don't know how to turn the computer on and it looks really terrible. And then you come in the second day and everything's amazing again and you suddenly know how to do things. But it's always that kind of the dread of the first day. And I think that's where it's kind of, well, I'll be walking down the street and suddenly go, oh no, I need to do that again. Or I need to find the nearest grocery store and all of that. Yeah. And I think you're right, that newness and knowing that it's that you're not going to be great that first day, to know that it's okay not to know all the things you need to know in that first day. And like you so well, you've put it so well, Naomi, that you learn this stuff as you go along, you know, and having a, a kind of determined mind of knowing what to do that helps you sounds like a, a kind of recipe for your success. Mm, cool. So you've got that experience and knowledge about what makes you thrive, haven't you? Yeah. And it's there for you on this next transition and other ones yet to come. If you were just to kind of give us a, a few little things that are kind of, you think, well, you know, if you're going to be like me and go abroad to go to university, what are your kind of top three tips? What do you think? You might have already said them before, but just we could end with that. Um, I think the first one is to really kind of do a bit of research. I didn't because I was cocky and was like, oh, I've lived here before. That's nothing. Um, so that you aren't kind of thrown off by walking into a grocery store for the first time and just not knowing what to buy. Um, and generally kind of getting a lay of the land and everything. And also, especially, I mean, the US and UK are pretty similar in a lot of cultural things, but if you're coming from a completely different country, there's, I've met lots of friends, I live in quite an international halls, and I've met lots of friends where they got here and it was like, oh, I need to, something I've always done my entire life, you don't do here because the plumbing's different, or you can drink the tap water, or you can't, or whatever it may be. Um, and then I would say kind of be be flexible because, as I said, a lot of things are going to be thrown at you and just kind of being able to adjust, always kind of asking for help under that category of asking your teachers why you didn't do well in the essay and get their advice because it's so valuable when it comes to the next one. And I think the last thing is just to have fun and enjoy it because I mean, it is university, as you said, it's not just, it is about the work, but it's not just about the work. It's about growing as a person so that you come back out as what I call a proper adult who can like be a functioning human being. (laughs) And just kind of enjoy it because as, as people always say, like, you remember your university years, you remember your university friends uh, before life gets too serious and just kind of enjoy that. Do you know, Naomi, it sounds like you've made the most of a lot of people who live out of London, more than most people who live live in the city. You know, I live in London. So you 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 know, going to museums and having a job in the theatre and doing your studies and doing all these um activities that your clubs that you belong to, it sounds like you've had a busy and productive time. Thank you for kind of sharing your wisdom with us today. Um, I really, I really enjoyed it. And 
and um, reminded of, yeah, you go into supermarkets and you look for your thing and where is it? It's not there. What do you buy instead? It takes a lot of time, but that flexibility and adaptability to those small things and bigger things will, will help. Okay. Naomi, good luck in the last bit of your time in London and I hope I hope you come back lots. Thank you. We hope you've enjoyed the interview with Naomi and got a glimpse into her really successful, busy and planned time at university. You might want to listen to all the other previous podcasts in the series, but especially podcast one, Beat the Transition Blues, where we talk more in depth about the nature of change, transition and adjustment, and why struggle can be part of the journey to grow knowledge and resilience. Podcast three, Minding Your Mind, where we talk about the origin of common thoughts during times of transition, the what ifs, and why they can sometimes be challenging and helpful in making good choices. Podcast four, What Matters to You, where we talk about knowing our values and what's important to us can help carry us through those challenging times. And podcast six, Why It Helps to Ask, where we discuss the benefit and challenges of asking for help. We share a framework to help in transition. Please check out all the podcasts, transcripts and think sheets that you can purchase to dig deeper into the topics of transition and where we share more resources. And to access all these resources and also sign up for our regular newsletter so we can keep in touch with you, go to Louise Wiles, that's W-I-L-E-S dot com forward slash successful dash student dash transitions. And you'll find all the resources and links to this podcast there. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back soon with the next episode. Bye-bye for now.